to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have conversations surrounding sex and sexuality. Today I'm so excited. I have somebody that has recently joined the team at the Ritual Chamber. Please, everyone, welcome to the mic, professional, submissive, that's right, professional, submissive, Alexis O'Neill. Hello, Alexis. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. My absolute pleasure. I, I love your just like your quiet, your quiet, composed tones. <laughs> You're giving me like some erotica, audio erotica energy. Oh. Well, mm-hmm. maybe that's my next venture. Mm-hmm. Move into that mic and just mm. <laughs> just real soft. I just guess. real, real soft. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can't do that with my mic because my laugh is way too loud. I could never get that close to my mic. <laughs> too much of an idiot. A loud idiot. Alexis, Alexis, professional submission. I feel like this blows people's minds. And, and it's so funny because like they exist, they're around, they're visible. Um, people know dominatrices exist, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, when they hear professional submissive, they're like, what? <laughs> Maybe we can start with like how you first heard this was a thing that you could do. Yeah. Um, so actually it was a friend and coworker of mine who... I think I think that was the first time I heard of it because she had done it in the past. Nice. Um, and it intrigued me because I I mean I'm a lifestyle submissive um, in my personal life, so I um, and I'm I mean I've tried doming a couple times, but I don't think I'm very good at it. and I don't enjoy it a lot, so I I don't think I could ever do that professionally. So I was intrigued by the possibility of an opportunity to do something that I already know and love to do nice did you like pick this person's brain were you like oh my god what tell me everything (laughs) yeah a little bit especially uh before I started at the ritual chamber I was um asking her for a lot of advice and um asking to like borrow clothes and costumes and get ideas (laughs) I love (laughs) it that was really helpful fairy god submissive mother yes oh she'd love that i should tell her (laughs) well this is your little angel on your shoulder i love it that's that's so ideal really to have kind of um you know not that i'm i'm not shading this person by calling them old but like to have like a sex work elder like a mentor Mm -hmm. kind of to just kind of hold your hand a little bit and guide you through the beginnings of starting this type of work yeah absolutely i think that's i mean it would be helpful for anyone to have a mentor figure or someone who's more experienced to kind of show them the ropes, if you will. But <laughs> you're like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> um, and maybe even before we 
before I ask you more about this specifically, let's tell the people like what what this is. What what is it to be a professional submissive? What does one what could one like what's the experience one could get, you know? What what is the service that that you're selling? Mhm. So I mean, it's kind of the opposite side of what a pro dom would do. Um, A client could book a pro submissive for a particular scene, depending on what the sub um, specializes in, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm focusing mostly on duo sessions with the other um, staff at the Ritual Chamber. So most of my sessions will be um, either the client can come in and sub with me. So one of the doms will dom the both of us. Or a client could come in and co-top with one of the house doms, and I will be the only submissive kind of on the receiving end of both of them. Um, But, yeah. (laughs) And, like, I'd love to just, because, um, you know, I think, maybe not my listeners, because my listeners are very smart and very worldly, but I, I feel like some people have a very narrow view of what this could look like, of like maybe the reasoning, the intentionality behind people wanting to book you for a session. Like, so maybe we can talk about like all the different reasons someone might want to book a pro sub. Sure. Um, I mean, I think if maybe if someone is newer to doming and if they don't want to fumble around with it with um with someone who is maybe also new to subbing so maybe Mm -hmm. someone who wants to experiment with someone who's used to the scene and kind of um can provide a little bit more guidance i guess because if Mm -hmm. you're if you're new to doming and then your partner is also new to subbing um as a dom i feel like you might feel like you have to have it all figured out and lead the scene and know what you're doing so it might um help someone who's unsure of where to start or what's what what's possible yeah and what I think... the kind of uh, what the kind of like safety and um you know the safety protocols and and all that would be like yeah i feel like a lot of people don't realize that um a you know kind of a green a green dom a newer dom can learn so much from an experienced submissive from playing with an experienced submissive and mm-hmm. um it's so valuable to do scenes with um people who know what they're doing on the other end of on the other side of the slash and like how how um really smart that would be for someone to do you know to help them on their doming journey Mm -hmm. to play with really experienced players it's like you can learn so much you know rather than learning from other doms it's like oh my god the more valuable thing i feel like is to learn from really experienced submissives Mm -hmm. yeah i mean uh yeah you could definitely learn a lot as a new dom from seeing a pro dom for sure Mm -hmm. um but having someone who um, is enthusiastic about being on the other side of it and can um, give you that perspective so that you know what it's like for, well, I mean, every everyone's different, every sub is different, but um, to kind of get that perspective so you 
get a better idea about what the experience might be like for your sub. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the the thing about booking a professional rather than like, you know, as you mentioned, like playing with someone who's not super experienced bottom, or maybe you do know experienced um, subs and experienced bottoms in your life, but maybe you feel a little like that's a high stakes scenario, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe you want to go somewhere that's discreet where you can practice in private before you kind of start doing dummy type scenes with people in your life. Um, you know, I feel I feel like that's a huge motivator for people booking these types of services because as you said also it's this thing of a dominant wants to look like they know what they're doing right yeah and if they don't know what they're doing you know that can leave you feeling self-conscious maybe you know or, or fearful like oh this person who is a good friend of mine perhaps or a partner of mine perhaps they might reject me or judge me um and I just don't want to have an experience that's that high stakes emotionally like emotionally loaded you know so let's do this Mm -hmm. with a professional where I could do this kind of on my own time and then bring what I've learned to a partner or a a play partner or a friend you know Mm -hmm. or a hookup scenario yeah and a big part of it is trust too like I mean obviously as a sub you want to trust your dom to take care of you and keep you safe but I think Mm -hmm what doesn't get talked about enough is like doms need to trust their subs too. Like Mm -hmm. if, if someone, especially if you're a new sub, it can be really hard to speak up and say what you want or what you don't want. So I think hiring a professional, you know that they are practiced in that and they know their boundaries, they know their desires, they know their limits. So you know that someone like me will speak up if if something's not working or give you feedback if something is working. So that's also a really important piece to it that I think people might gloss over. That is a really great point because us as doms, like in an ideal world, we're working with subs and bottoms who have bottoming skills. We want to Mm -hmm. be able to trust that they will safe word, that they will, you know, like... Um, moderate word you know yellow word that Mm -hmm. they will be able to advocate for themselves in a scene we have to trust our submissives with that right Mm -hmm. um and if you know so that's something that uh if you're new dom and you're like oh well i don't want to have to worry about that you know i want to trust the person so I can maybe focus on my own skills, you know, so mm-hmm. I can get some reps in, I can do the practice, and I don't want to have to worry about whether that person, um, you know, has the skills or not. It's like, well, great, hire a, pro- a professional. Makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, then I can just focus on me, because I know that person, they they got them, you know, they have mm-hmm. them. Um, yeah. And I don't have to, that's not like an extra added layer of concern, perhaps, in the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah it's good practice um and how doms get confident with i get this question a lot how do i get confident doming it's like well you got to practice you got to do it Mm -hmm. again and again you got to put in the hours doing a Mm -hmm. skill that's how you how you learn to do a skill well you do it a lot you Mm -hmm. work on it you know so it's like this could be a way you can put in the hours on your side of the slash book a process yeah i love this idea of booking um so booking a you 
and a, a you, a you, <laughs> and a ritual chamber dominant, because mm-hmm. like that's the ultimate learning experience, because then you get to work with a pro sub, which has all the advantages we just spoke of. And then also you get to work alongside an experienced professional dom. Mm-hmm. It's like you get to see what both sides um, can look like. Yeah. Yeah. The, the ultimate learning experience and fantasy all rolled in one. Yeah. So what's another what's another reason maybe that someone would book your services? Uh, I mean, it wouldn't just be for people who are new to it. I can also picture a lot of people who who are experienced in doming in their personal life but maybe they don't have anyone to dom in yeah. their personal life whether it's just circumstantial or because they're really busy and don't have the kind of time to um, develop a relationship like that in person it can be just easier to um, to hire someone for a one-off or recurring according to your schedule and um, and kind of have that outlet to express that side of your sexuality, even if it's not um, like easy or readily available for you to do that in yeah. your personal life. Yeah, a lot of people for lots of reasons, especially during COVID, I feel like uh, haven't mm-hmm. had access to be able to date, to be able to maybe, you know, if you're in hookup culture or you, you do pick up play in the kink scene, like, you know, events really they're they're like happening and then they're not happening and then like so we don't always have uh people to play with uh unless we're already partnered and that person happens to be you know the play partner that lines up with all our interests and stuff it's like Mm -hmm. a lot of us don't have access to kind of casual play and that can be a really important part of your self-expression as you mentioned like your identity you know Mm -hmm. um and you know it's like going to the gym, you know, like, like, <laughs> like get a little workout and work off some, you know, work out some of those emotions, do something yeah. physical, you yeah. know, a lot of times we're sitting at our fucking on our phones or at our fucking computers or whatever it is Like mm-hmm. get out there, do like, it's like a team sport, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With less COVID risk. Cause there's not like a hundred people uh-huh. in the room. And we're all wearing masks. It's lovely. Yeah. 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 No, kink has been a a huge stress reliever for me, especially Mm. during the pandemic. I mean, just in general as well. But um, yeah, like you mentioned, having that like physical outlet can be so therapeutic and cathartic. I feel that way about impact play. Mm. Um, It's so like sometimes if I'm just getting so wrapped up in my head and feelings I just like need a spanking session to get me out of my head and into my body I love that yep I agree I agree um for me even to like for me to facilitate a scene that's that's the intention you know Mm -hmm. if somebody books me for like an impact play scene for those reasons like cathartic reasons right Mm -hmm. just by like you know by uh the association of facilitating a scene like that i feel that you know i i in in turn feel a catharsis as well when i see them just you know letting their hair down just letting it out letting the sounds out Mm -hmm. um sometimes letting tears out Mm -hmm. you know for me i i i feel the same 
those same feelings of catharsis when I'm facilitating scenes like that. Hmm. So I totally get it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, to be able to facilitate that for someone else can also, I guess, be a its own form of release and yeah. gratification. I have a, uh, I have a, a, a um, client who, every time he cries, he goes, my tears are beautiful. <laughs> it's so Aww. funny. I love it. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> that is beautiful. Oh, crying is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned impact play that's Mm -hmm. something is that one of your like core activities you like to do in these types of sessions yes yes it is i'm a big fan of impact play um tell me all about it what implements where what are we what what does this look like uh i mean mostly on my butt i sometimes my thighs but sometimes that hurts more and I can only take so much but um yeah all sorts of implements I mean depending on my pain threshold that day and how warmed up I am I guess I um enjoy different types of implements I love I love paddles I have this wood paddle that I use a lot that or that my partner uses on me a lot Um, (laughs) I get used a lot (laughs) I get used a lot it's glorious um yeah paddles um I have less um experience with floggers and crops but I would love to be I would love to play with those some more yeah I'm sure that Um, will that will change soon (laughs) <laughs> yeah i hope so but even like a good old wooden spoon can yeah. go a long way oh, <laughs> yes those found objects a book yeah yes yes like yeah a leather bound book or a belt a hairbrush a belt. those yes. there's just so many options mm-hmm. and it can like you can gamify it which is really fun like i've done a scene before where a dom had like a bunch of different implements and I was blindfolded and then they would um like spank me with each of them and I had to guess which implement they were using based on the sensations that was fun love it I love that I I once did uh upon reflection a quite impossible game um (laughs) and I wish I could say I intentionally set them up to lose but I didn't I was thinking that like they could they would be able to you know, feel which ones will switch. <laughs> it turns, turns out it's fucking impossible. I, I got like, like eight different floggers. Okay. All the same implement though. Like all oh, floggers. Okay. All floggers. <laughs> and I chose like really different ones. So I thought I was like, no, mm. they'll be able to, like, there's no way. They, no one, I did it. It was like for a public scene at Oasis where it was like a game with volunteers and stuff. So okay. there were like six people playing and no one knew anything. <laughs> well, hopefully some of them were into humiliation too then. <laughs> I know. Like no one literally no one got anything. It's so funny. I was like, all right, well good to know. <laughs> like, but then I that could be the game too. Like 
exactly. make an impossible game and then you get punished for not knowing the answer. That's exactly what I wish I intended to do because then I would have looked smart, you know. Um. Well, you can change. You can change the story. <laughs> yeah, just have tell through. people that that's what you meant. Totally. You know what? And that's what I usually say when I fuck up um, as a top <laughs> in a scene. So I, I bet I did say that. You know, I bet I was like, yeah, I meant to do that. <laughs> Yeah. That's a classic lady pim thing to say halfway through the session. I meant to do that. Um, for okay, let's say like for impact, for instance, what are like things you would do? Say like in a pro sub scene, what are things you would do in an impact scene where you could be kind of guiding an inexperienced top through this scene? Uh, I mean, one of the things that I've done before that. I mean, I've heard of other people playing this game, if you want to call it that, too. Mm -hmm. But um, basically, uh, the dom can, like, spank me with hands or implements. Um, It would be different depending on what they're using. And then after each spank, I would give a number between 1 and 10 about the intensity of how it felt. Mm -hmm. And then, like, we won't want to go past, like, a a seven um or whatever number we yeah deem appropriate at the time uh and then so they can get a sense of how their technique or how hard they're hitting they'll get a better sense of how i'm receiving that and i think that's a good thing to start i think that's a good way to to start with any new um like play partner that you're with just to kind of gauge their pain tolerance and what they can handle and um yeah it'll be different with different implements it'll be different depending on the day Um, but I think that's a really good way to start and get familiar with your subs tolerance yeah and it'll be different depending on the person too it's like you know I can I can hit the same way and one sub will say that's a two I barely felt it and one sub will be like that's a six or a seven and I'm like of okay course. good to know like and it, yeah and it'll be different depending on where on the body you're hitting them and that yeah and I mean it's also always important to know where on the body you should not hit <laughs> like yes. the kidneys <laughs> yeah if they go for that lower back you're like oof, uh, oof. A little lower, you know, or a yeah. little higher, like one or the other. Pick right. one. <laughs> yeah. Get me on my shoulder blades, you know, uh, or yeah. give me some nice wings or much lower. Thank you. Yeah. 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 There's really so much like anatomy and um, just a lot of like science you have to learn, I guess, to be doing this properly. Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, I mean, obviously not everyone who does kink in their daily life is, is doing a whole bunch of research first although maybe they should be mm-hmm. um but but yeah i think the more you the more you learn and the more you get into it the more you realize how intentional you need to be and how knowledgeable you need to be about about your own body and about your partner's body yeah and knowledgeable you need to be with certain implements like you could know full well you're not supposed to hit someone in the kidney but if you get an implement say like you know a long whippy type thing that's Mm -hmm. kind of harder to control where that tip is hitting you know you Mm -hmm. could know that full well uh, but if you pick up an implement you don't know how to use you might hit them there um, unintentionally and that's an issue as well. So like all the all the 
more reason that like booking a pro sub makes for a good idea because it's like, okay, you can practice using certain implements you're not very Mm -hmm. familiar with. You can practice again, having that intentionality of where, where you're hitting and what that's going to feel like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, you know where to hit someone or well, people don't, most people probably don't realize this, but like, I know where I know I'll say for myself, (laughs) how about that? (laughs) I know where to hit someone if they like those sore feelings the next day, every time they sit down, I know where to hit Mm. them to make them feel for the next couple days, you know, every time they sit down or get up, they'll remember our scene. So if they Mm -hmm. want that, um, they like those feelings of soreness the next day. Um, I know where to hit them, you know, mm-hmm. and, and if but, they don't don't like that feeling, then I know where to hit them. You know, you'll mm-hmm. you'll hit them a little higher on their bum, like stuff like that is like important stuff to know. And like to know also you can't completely control this because, again, everybody is different. All bums and skin and the way people mark is different. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know how to hit people when they you want to create marks you know how to hit people to not create marks and what implements will create what marks and how easily and how hard mm-hmm. and yeah you can't know any of that instinctively really like it just, it comes no. with research and practice and communication and yeah. and this is yeah this isn't to say that I want like clients to come in who have never done anything to come and hit me in the kidneys with a whip like we have to have a conversation first and kind of show them show them what to do a little bit so um as much as as much as I want to help facilitate um educating new doms I also want I don't I don't want to be like a total guinea pig so yeah it is important for me to know like um, technicalities and and my own limits obviously yeah and that's again you being a pro sub like if they're like i want to use this whip you know and they're a super they've never picked one up before you as a experienced professional sub will be like that is an experienced Mm -hmm. toy like that is an advanced um implement you know you'll have to practice a lot you'll have to put in a lot of hours before you can pick up and use that on someone Whereas, say if they were in their personal life with an inexperienced sub, they might buy a whip and start using it. The, um, you know, submissive person would be like, okay, let's try it. Like, okay, I'll bend over. Like, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Recipe for injury, probably. Oof. Yeah. Most likely, I would say. Like, they'll probably be regretting that choice. Um, And then what a waste of a whip. Gotta learn how to use it properly. If you're gonna spend some money on a nice whip, like make sure it gets some uh, some nice hours, you know, gets worked in real nice, <laughs> gets to kiss like right at the perfect point that you want it to on people's bodies. Mm. Yeah, we had a beautiful um, at when we used to do the stage show bed post. Um, Domino Dolly, who used to be one of our house doms, did a gorgeous performance um, uh, where they had Carly, Carly Jones, um, who is also a professional submissive. They were um, tied up and in the rope were a bunch of roses. Um, And Dolly, um, you know, would be rotating her around 
um, rotating them around slowly and then standing back and whipping one of the rose heads so it would kind of explode and gorgeous visually um, to have these roses be exploding all over Carly but also um, the fragrance would also mm. be filling the room as this was happening um, it was be- a beautiful performance yeah I bet I think that was at the last bedpost show before we broke for COVID. Wow. I think that was at the last performance, I think. Wow. What a, what a send off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was really gorgeous. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Club M4 wants to officially announce that they are back open for business, baby, at 1989 Dundas Street, East Mississauga. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA, and they are super excited to tell you about their Sunday night fetish parties. To keep updated on their events, go to at Club M4 Events on Instagram, or specifically for their kinky events, go to at Depraved Events on Instagram. And of course, head on down to clubm4.com to see what a lifestyle club by swingers for swingers is all about. Let's talk about some of the other things that uh, that are activities you like to do as a professional, a submissive. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, impact and role play yeah. um, are my favorite things to do in a pro session. Yes, yes, yes. Role uh-huh. play. <laughs> yeah. Big um, fan. Big fan. Big fan. Yes. Well, like you, I have a little bit of a background in theater, so I'm finally little bit, little bit, little bit. Yeah. putting putting my acting chops to use. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, role play, different scenes, and um, age play is something that I um, like to dabble in sometimes. Nice, nice. What types of role play are we talking? Do you like the archetypes or do you, like, do you want people to bring really like bizarre ones to you? What are you hoping for? Uh, both. I mean, I love, I love a classic teacher student. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I love a classic. Are you a good student? Uh, I think most of the time, yes. But I'm actually, I'm interested in exploring what... I'm ex- I'm into exploring more bratting, I think, and Exciting. and seeing how how that plays out. But um, but yeah, I think most of the time. I mean, I have a praise kink, so I like nice. being told that I'm a good girl and you know doing a good job. So head pats and all that. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm totally excited to hear other like wacky ideas that people have and 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 try those out too. We've got a wacky one coming up, you and I. Yes, I'm yeah. really excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. We won't totally talk about the details, but 
We'll just say it's a fun, it's a really fun, interesting, unique role play. Yeah, it's never, it's not something that I would have ever thought of myself. So I love... Me neither. I love the fact that, I mean, being exposed to all of the clients' kinks and fantasies is also broadening my horizons. Like, That's I can learn from them too. Thing. Yes, yeah, because like you know, people that, as you mentioned with, like, the types of people that could book you, it's like, they don't have to all be inexperienced people. That's not the main, you know, reason why people can book our services. It's like, you know, they, so often we will have clients who are very experienced kinksters in Mm -hmm. a certain kink that perhaps we've never really been exposed to. Mm -hmm. And that happens again and again. And it's just like a adding to your resume you know it's just expanding your kind of worldview on all this stuff like yeah like I'm excited to to expand my yeah list of things that I want to do in sessions based on new things that I learn are possible from clients and I think that's another great reason why someone would want to book a pro is like if you have this really niche kink and maybe you have some shame around it because it's 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 not a a common classic thing that you see everywhere. Maybe you're shy and unsure about introducing someone to it. And like you said before, like the emotional stakes are too high. So if you hire a professional to enact this scene, like we're, we're professional freaks. Like we're going to be excited to do this weird thing and not have any shame around it. So having, having that space that someone can come in and, 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 kind of shed that shame because we're enthusiastic about it with them that might be harder to find out in the non-pro world totally I think a big part of our job why we're in this type of work um, I can speak for myself at least why I'm in in this work is because I find it endlessly fascinating I don't Mm -hmm. I very 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 rarely have that ew reaction you know Mm -hmm. like that's not something I have. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm. I'm more like ooh. Like I'm. Ooh, I'm. Yeah. Ooh, I'm not ew. You know. <laughs> exactly. It's fascinating. Like and because we we know because we've have all of this experience in kink. We know that. Um, we know that even the weirdest shit that people are into can bring so much pleasure and so much joy. So we. Yeah. And like we get to see that firsthand. So we know that even if it might seem weird at first, it like, like, so what? Like it's, it can still be so much fun to do. Totally. That's a great point. It's like a lot of stuff we do on the surface, you know, doesn't seem like, um, like a love language, for instance, you know, right. it, it, it can seem maybe quite harsh or severe or brutal or weird, you know, mm-hmm. um, but the intentionality behind a lot of this play is the same as the intentionality behind a lot of, you know, vanilla sex and other mm-hmm. types of intimacy that people have between two people that care about each other and want to do a fun thing together um, or want to do something for another person, like as an act of service, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, humiliation, you know. Is, is you doing that, doing a thing for a person that they want, they really want mm-hmm. it, you know, and you're doing that for them. And how lovely is that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love how, I mean, 
I think about I think about this a lot um, as a queer person and as a kinky person about how um, queerness and kinkiness they both are like they both kind of require you to write your own script like you're not mm-hmm. following the norm of what most people think sex should look like or should be mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you get to I mean it requires a lot of self-awareness and introspection about what you like and what you want but then once you once you know what you like you get to I mean collaborate with whoever you're with whether that's a pro or a partner or whoever Mm. um you get to just like create your own dynamic and create your own experience and it's not like there's no the limit does not exist (laughs) there's like like, a whole world of possibilities open up opens up once you realize that you don't have to be having sex or or experiencing pleasure in like the three ways that we are exposed to in mainstream culture yeah totally i love that and that's you know, can sometimes be a learning curve, you know, some people come to us and they're like, I don't know, I've never done it before, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's our job as professionals to kind of guide them into like, here are some different, like give them a multiple choice, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of a test, right? It's like, okay, well, as for the tone of the scene, you know, it could look like loving, affectionate, encouraging, maternal, or it could look kind of robotic and sadistic and cold. Or mm-hmm. it could look, you know, like like playful and fun and teasing. Or, you know what I mean? Like, and, then, mm-hmm. and then from there, I find, like, you're kind of helping them shape their fantasy a little bit. Because I bet they've never had conversations like that before, you know. If someone's truly yeah. coming in and they're like, I've had this fantasy forever and I've never been able to play it out in any way with another person like I watch videos Mm -hmm. or I I do you know I imagine stuff like when I'm masturbating or whatever but um you know I've never actually done this this with another person so it's up to us to kind of guide them into like um creating a scene out of it essentially Mm -hmm. totally yeah and I love that that it's kind of interesting that like with you being a pro sub and me being a pro dom like we both um, have to do this kind of negotiation process and mm-hmm. scene crafting, yeah. right? Yeah, to kind of help facilitate this this scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little weirder, I think, as a sub. To, um, I mean, I guess sometimes I I might have to like top from the bottom a little bit if I'm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, the more experienced one in the room, I might be the one kind of providing more guidance. And depending on what the tone of the scene is like, Mm -hmm. if I'm supposed to be like playing like this innocent role, if I'm actually the more experienced person, it might be a little bit of a, uh, a challenge for me to maintain this kind of like sweet Mm -hmm. demeanor, but also be very, um, I don't know if firm is the right word, but to also be very assured in like how um, like how the scene might play out or what should happen next. Yeah, this is I think um, like once people are kind of like their mind is blown by the idea that a pro submissive exists, 
I think the next thought that a lot of people have is like, oh, that must be difficult, though, because how do you maintain, you know, the control of a scene? How do you stay, you know, maybe in work mode, um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, while playing this submissive role? Mm -hmm. Can you talk about how you how you do that personally? Sure. I mean, ideally, there should be like, I mean, unless unless there's um, been like a specific scene progression that's been negotiated beforehand. I mean, ideally, you want to have a lot of check-ins throughout the scene. So the sub is never um, like the sub is really the one who is in control. I think a lot of people have this misconception that... um, that the sub is relinquishing all control to the dom, but in a, in a, in a proper scene, like the sub should be, yeah, on the surface, maybe willingly giving some power to the dom, but the sub should always still be able to decide, um, if, I mean, that's what safe words are for. Yeah. Yeah. Like the sub needs to be, um, empowered to, stop the scene if necessary or suggest something mid-scene if something pops into their head or yeah like even creatively collaborating you know what I mean like it's no different than me having a client like when we're negotiating it's a total collaboration we're both talking Mm -hmm. about giving equal um, input as to what the scene's going to be like and then, yeah, when we get there, it's like, yes, the role play is this DS dynamic, is this power imbalance. But in reality, um, you know, my job is, as I see it, is to create a safe space for people to explore their submission, right? Or their fetishism. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that means that they are in control. They're in a thousand percent control. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, whether that means safe wording or like yellow wording, moderate wording, wanting to slow down the scene or yeah, this creative contribution. It's like, oh my God, if the sub gets an idea in the scene, like, please, by all means, say something. Like if you just saw mm-hmm. an implement out of the corner in your eye and you're like, what's that? What's that feel like? And I'm like, well, let's see. Let's have a look here. You know, let's try. Yeah. yeah. I want that because I'm here for them. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I, my job is to make sure they're having a good time. So, like, please, by all means, talk to me. Yeah, tell yeah, me. Yeah, th- yeah. I think a lot of a lot of subs think that they're like they're not supposed to have any opinions or any desires of their own, and they're just kind of there to just do whatever the dom says. And that's like that can be true to an extent, but really, like, if that's if the fantasy. Yeah, that's that's the that's what you want to it to kind of feel like on the surface but in reality like subs need to know what they like and don't like too because then if a dom can't like a dom's not a mind reader no one no one can read your mind so you don't want to play with someone who doesn't know themselves and what they want or don't want because that can end up in a unsafe or unpleasant experience for either side Totally. Yeah, that's a great um, thing to bring up. It's like if if a client comes to me and they literally have no bottoming skills, like they have never done any of this before, they're the newest that a person could possibly be to kink. I'm like, 
Okay, well then we're basically doing a little rehearsal scene today. We're doing a little yeah. practice scene. Like we're not, there's no um, DS role play happening on top of this. There's no power dynamic happening today at all. Mm-hmm. Right? We're just two people here and we're talking completely openly about how you're feeling, what things feel like, what you want, what you'd like to do next. Like we're just two people hanging out for an hour or however long it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I can't trust you yet to, you know, to do this much at once, you know? Yeah. Um, meaning having this layer on top of this experience, this sensory experience of having this layer of playing a submissive, because I can't trust that while you're in a submissive role, while you're playing a submissive role, submissive fantasy, that you still, that you feel like you can still, you know, at any point in the scene, be like, ah, maybe not this today, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. whatever it is, or maybe I need a little break or whatever. Could I have a glass of water? Like my hand's getting a little numb, like any, <laughs> anything like, oh, yeah. I forgot to tell you, I don't like that implement. Like what, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it can be really helpful too to like, practice safe wording because I think a lot of subs might be scared to speak up and scared to stop things and they think it's going to like ruin the mood or ruin the whole experience but the opposite is true if you're not enjoying it and you're not saying anything that's what's going to ruin it and like it helps to I think just practice verbalizing your safe words just so you have that kind of physiological muscle memory of your mouth actually saying these words out loud so that if you need to call it ever you you know how to and you know how your dom is going to respond yes I love that and and you know what I have had a client who has done that with me like we had you know we're negotiating and what are your safe words so these are my safe words okay let's try Mm -hmm. and then they practice saying them uh, you know and if we have a safe signal as well if they're gagged mm-hmm. or whatever it is they're like okay so this is my hand squeeze okay let's try it hold my hands okay this yeah. is me safe wording you yeah. know that's helpful for the dom too so the dom knows um yeah. what the hand squeeze will feel like or whatever so that they know to look out for that yeah sometimes conceptualizing it you know it's a little difficult so it's like yeah, yeah. let's just do it real quick mm-hmm. and yeah. practicing saying no too is yeah like it's so saying hard. that word yeah <laughs> forming that word in your mouth and feeling it in your mouth and yeah. then practicing it so um you know you can do it when you need to when you want to yeah yeah a so lot of people have a hard time saying no just and everywhere as a, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just not a thing that i think especially in our like i mean i don't know if this is especially true for polite quote-unquote polite canadians but yes yeah yeah <laughs> um but well, it certainly I, is for people who are socialized female. Yeah, for for exactly. It's it's so it's so hard to say no because you're you're socialized to always be agreeable and not cause a stir and not make anyone upset mm-hmm. um, uh, because it can and to not take up space. Yeah, and to not assert your own desires or personhood or boundaries like it's it's yeah it's it's incredibly hard for for a lot of people to say no and I think that's I think something that kink can actually help with if you're doing it in a safe and healthy way it can help you get really familiar with what it feels like when 
you don't like something and mm -hmm. speaking up about it and then having a, a dom that you trust to have them stop or change things up and listen to and respect your no can reinforce that it's okay to say no. And that can be taken can into any, to say it yeah, again. in any aspect of your life at work and with your friends, with your family. Like it's, I found that once I got really into kink, I started becoming more aware of my boundaries in other situations, like in social situations and at work and stuff like that. And, and having experience with um, voicing your boundaries and having them respected makes it easier the more, the more you do it. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's a skill that people need mm -hmm. to practice ma and master, you know, yeah. so that you can do it automatically. You know, it's yeah. just another one of those things. It's like you got to put in the hours, put in the reps, um, and then it gets way easier to do. Yeah. And suddenly yeah. that word is available to you when you need it in a moment's notice, you know? Yeah, like we're not taught this in school as kids we're not taught how to communicate effectively in a lot of scenarios and we're not taught how to relate to each other in these specific nuanced ways or how to be self-aware of our emotions and our and our states and our boundaries so yeah it's it's something that doesn't come naturally to us and we have to practice it just like anything else i would love for people to like other submissive folks to book you you know um mm. just like to consult with you and talk about stuff like this yeah, I would love that. Because this is such valuable stuff for people to, like, internalize, you know, take and internalize and use in their mm -hmm. lives, like. Yeah, if someone just wants to book me for an hour to just go back and forth with saying no. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's great. That's a fun scene. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Like, let's say, it wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't like part of vagina monologues like that, where it just like, they'd go out into the audience and be like, say cunt, say it, say it back to me, say it louder, <laughs> scream it, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, no is almost a more taboo thing to say for some people, so. A thousand get, percent. Yeah, practice, get, get used to it. Once you get used to it, it's not as scary. And like for me as a dominant, like uh, especially in a pro scenario where I play with a lot of people for the first time, you know, mm -hmm. I have my regulars and I have a lot of people that I have a lot of rapport built up with, but a lot of people I see, you know, I, I play with people for the first time. So it's like when somebody says, you know, a safe word or a no or redirects me mid scene, that makes me like it's the opposite reaction of what most people would probably think I would feel mm -hmm. that relaxes me so much because I'm like oh I can trust you you know th that you're going to not just put up with something because mm -hmm. we're in these power dynamics right now I can trust you to advocate for yourself I'm like oh my god then I can relax and I can actually like now we can play now we can have yeah. a bit of fun yeah and the biggest thing or something that I think about a lot is like, if I never hear someone say no, yeah. I won't be able to trust their yes. That. Like if I, if you tell me no and you believe, and you believe that I'm capable of saying no, then when I say yes, I like this, you know that I'm telling the truth because I could say no if I didn't like it. And then that makes the yes percent. stuff so much more fun. 
Yeah, then I that's exactly it. Then I can trust when you say you like something. Because yeah, if yeah. yeah, if I'm not hearing no, you're right. It's like then if you're saying yes, I'm like, is that really a no though? Like, yeah, like how enthusi- enthusiastically a yes is this though? Like I don't exactly. know because if I someone, haven't heard the range. Exactly. If someone is just so easygoing and will just go along with whatever and say yes to whatever, like there's no there's I feel no like everything's concept. Meh. I'm like, yeah, I don't... there's no <laughs> There's no concept of like yeah, of the... how much you're actually enjoying it and and yeah. and yeah, I, I, I couldn't trust someone who always says yes. Yeah. That's a great fucking point. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of similar with people who are super quiet in scene. Like they mm. just as a submissive they just process a scene. They kinda of, maybe they go a bit nonverbal or mm-hmm. maybe they're just, you know, they just kinda of revert and are just a a body, you know, like for whatever reason, sometimes submissives just go completely quiet in a scene. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, they're not disassociating. They're not like, um, you know, processing like trauma or anything like that, but that's just their way that they prefer to go through a scene. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be chatty and and that's fine too. But like, I'm always a little like, okay, I got to watch you like a fucking hawk then. Yeah. And then sometimes after the scene, they're like, that was amazing. I'm like, was it? Because <laughs> <laughs> no one would have been much better for me on my end <laughs> as, if I, as if I heard you say yes and no and all that stuff. But like, you mm-hmm. do you. I'm a professional for a reason. Uh, yeah, I'm not a mind reader. But like, you know what's easier for me as a dominant when I hear you t- advocate for yourself? That's what's easier mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And if, yeah, I, I go nonverbal sometimes in scenes and that's just, you know, if I'm deep in subspace, yeah, I can't form words and have them come out of my mouth, but having like, if that's something that happens to you, you need to tell your Dom before the scene and like tell them what to do, what to note it, what to look out for. So this requires so much Mm self-awareness. They have to, you have to communicate to your Dom what to look out for like what it will look like if something is not jiving with you and because if you're not saying words then they have to pay attention to other cues like maybe what your eyes are doing or what your your must if your muscles are clenched or if you're not breathing um or if your breathing changes mm. um and then if you're still kind of nonverbal coming out of the scene you want to communicate to your dom beforehand what aftercare looks like for you when you're nonverbal because you if you back. can't yeah if yeah. you can't because if you can't ask for it right after the scene is done then it's gonna I don't know to me that would feel really jarring not to kind of be immediately soothed in certain ways so that I could come back to a verbal state and then debrief mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very important I love how you brought that up uh, talk about aftercare before <laughs> yep. yeah because sometimes after right after a scene is not the time where you ha- suddenly have all your tools as a submissive yeah. you know um, yeah. and can tell them exactly what you need now <laughs> like maybe not you're probably not there yet you probably had a hell of a couple hours and you're mm-hmm. go- you know uh, on a bit of a whirlwind tour of the dungeon yeah, you're all so. <laughs> loopy and don't remember your own name so no i'm not gonna be able to say what i need in this moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah and i I love when people have this much experience as a submissive to be like, it takes me a while. So leave extra time at the end. It Mm -hmm. takes me a while to get back. You know, I want to really go there and 
almost like I'm like hypnotized, like totally in a different, in an altered state, you know, subspace Mm -hmm. or, or whatever. And I need a lot of time to come out of that. And here's how you can kind of guide me to do that. And this Mm -hmm. is how much time I need. I'm like, Oh, I Mm -hmm. love you. I love you. Tell me. Yes. (laughs) Tell me more. Like I will do all the things. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's a great, like to factor, you have to factor in aftercare as part of the time it takes to complete the scene. Like if, if a scene just ends abruptly and then, and then you're left on your own and you kind of have to go back to your like adult, normal life it's Mm -hmm. very jarring to your nervous system so when you're booking a session I think if you if you know that you need a certain type or a certain amount of aftercare like factor that into the time you're booking for the scene because if Mm -hmm. you if you have to like leave right away and then go drive home like that's not going to be a yeah, or go a back to work. Experience or for yeah. you, yeah. Go like, out to dinner with your family or something. It's yeah, like, that's you're not going to be in the right headspace <laughs> for that. So you want to kind of take that time to to recenter, get grounded into reality again, and yeah. and transition out of this heightened state that you were just in. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious since we are talking about aftercare, you as a professional. Is this something that will be part of the scenes you facilitate, like as part of, um, say, maybe a learning opportunity for the dom? Like, this is how what aftercare could look like, you know, or this is what a typical aftercare would, could look like. Or mm-hmm. is this something that, since you're professional and I don't know, maybe you want to do this emotional labor by yourself after they leave, maybe you'll have an after, your own aftercare routine? Um, Mm -hmm. have you had thought about that for yourself? I mean, I think it'll depend a lot on the client and what they're looking for, um, and how much time we have together. But ideally, yes, I would prefer to have aftercare be a part of the scene and a part of the experience. Mm -hmm. Um, one, just so that we both get some aftercare like aftercare is important for doms too Mm -hmm. um but yeah also to if yeah if they're new to it um to teach them what aftercare could look like and help them notice the sensations in their body too and identify what they might need um and but yeah and if they're not experienced maybe they know that they need aftercare too or they want to provide aftercare to me Um, but I mean, depending on the situation, if, if that's not feasible, then I also know myself well enough to know what I need to do for myself afterwards to, to get grounded and, and back into reality. Yeah. Cause that's something I have to do, you know, I mean, mostly for myself. Like Mm -hmm. I, a lot of clients don't require aftercare. They're literally like, they jump up and they're like, well, thanks so much. And like, (laughs) they're like out the door so fast. And I'm like, okay, okay. (laughs) Hmm. So as you mentioned, like, you know, I require aftercare as doing a dominant scene, right? So that's something I usually have to do for myself, quite honestly. Something I do like after a scene is to give aftercare to the submissive I just did the scene with, which you also mentioned. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm more than happy to do that if a client wants aftercare, you know, requires a specific thing, perhaps. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times that is left up to me. You know what I mean? Like, um, because the client doesn't require it and they're like, later, skater. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, cool, (laughs) hot shower, um, a meal, you know, um, 
maybe a couple little of those Werther's originals that are uh, in the glass jar at Ritual <laughs> yes. Chamber to get me home. Yeah, some sugar. <laughs> get that blood yeah. sugar up <laughs> while I get, until I can get home into, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever, uh, like alone time I need for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was just curious on your end if uh, how you anticipate this whole aftercare scenario. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be long or in, or super involved either. It could just yeah. be like a long, a, like a, a good, big, strong hug or like, mm-hmm. or a, like taking a few minutes to breathe together or, or um, just kind of, I don't know, any, anything that's just kind of transitioning your body from this heightened state of adrenaline you were just in and, and getting back to your kind of more everyday functional state. Yeah. For me, like chatting a little bit about the scene um, is yeah, great. And for me, yeah, debriefing and also like, what did you enjoy? You know, I want to hear that. Like for me as a top, yeah. I'm like, tell me some of the things you really liked. That will help me feel that confident that you had a good time and, mm-hmm. you know, that I did a good job today. Stuff like that. I like to yeah. hear. Yeah. What were yeah. some? Of, what was a favorite part of yours? What sticks out to you? Yeah, I yeah, I love that too. Like for me, um Price like gank. I, I need Yeah, some, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I I my aftercare at the bare minimum is like a hug and some praise. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And a little in a, a head pat. Yeah. Head pat yeah. girl. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me I did a good job and I'm I'm good. That's all I need. <laughs> oh my god. Alexis, we are at the end of our hour together. This has been oh, wow. so nice. Yeah. This was very fun. Are you able to tell us where we can book you, where we can follow you on Twitter? Absolutely. Uh, You can visit the Ritual Chambers website to book me. Um, Or you can, I mean, that's, yeah, that's how you can book me. And you can follow me on Twitter at Alexis O'Neill, and it's spelt O-K-N-E-E-L. I love that so much, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Love it. Um, for me, folks, you should know where to find and follow me by now. I'm at the Lady Pim One on Twitter. That's where I'm the most active, annoyingly active, some might say. On Instagram, I'm at the Bed Pose Podcast. Yep. And at the Lady Pim, I have a Patreon. It's the Bed Post Show. I have a YouTube channel. It's the Bed Post Show. And I never like to go an episode without mentioning the lady that does all the original music for my podcast. It is Stephanie Copeland. And you can find out more about her and her work at stephcopelandmusic.com. Alexis O'Neill, thank you so much. You've been a fabulous guest today. Thank you, Lady Pim, with the praise. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. Virtual head pets for you. Thank you. Virtual head pads for you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this one. We'll see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here in the studio talking about sex and sexuality. Get fucked. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. So